Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Solve My World podcast. This is your host, Joseph Ward. Today, we are recording the Monday show, which is where we talk about something that we can do in our lives to make our lives a little better. And today, I'm pretty excited because I'm going to share something I've been working on for pretty much as long as I can remember, and that's my budget system. So, so the pretty much the main two things that I've been working on the longest are my time management system and my budget system. And it's been kind of interesting because as I've worked on one of them and made improvements in one, I've oftentimes found that it can just translate right across to the, to the other. And it's kind of an interesting concept where I, I like to think of money as, and we'll talk about this more on Wednesday show, but money is kind of like storing your time. And, um, and so it kind of makes sense that time management and doing your budget would be similar, uh, concepts. But anyway, I'll talk about my time management system some other time. Cause I, it's still not quite where I want it to be. And so, but I mean, I can share where I'm at with it. But my budget sheet, I'm starting to get pretty, pretty happy with it. I just made an update last week, and I've been testing it out, and so far I'm really liking it. So it's kind of kind of interesting because as I have been working on my budget for years, I actually I had one budget that I used for several years when I when we first got married, and and before I was married. And I the idea of it was I kind of liked because basically the way that I did it is I would calculate my net worth and then based on how much the net worth, uh, was, I would, um, I would, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I would, uh, distribute my net worth out to all my different items. So if my net worth was say like $10,000, then I would maybe say, okay, I've got, you know, $2,000 is, um, is my, my vehicle. And then, um, this much of it is in savings. Then the rest of it would, uh, would be split up to things that I wanted to purchase. And I really like the idea of it because it was kind of simple. You just would track your net worth, but it had some, some major drawbacks. It made it kind of difficult to track how I was actually doing and I think it's part of the, the uh, reason why we ended up getting further in debt than I thought that we were, because each each time I ran the budget, it seemed like we were doing okay, but really we were falling behind. And uh, and even though when I was looking at it, I was like, it kind of looks like we're falling behind, but that can't be right, because it doesn't feel like we are. And so I would kind of just ignore it, because it wasn't clear enough. So with my new budget, it is extremely clear um, if you're falling behind or not, which is something I like. And as I came up with this new, simpler version, and probably more powerful version, uh, I, I had just pretty much finished it and had been using it for a couple months when I came across the You Need a Budget system, which you may have heard of, the YNAB system. And uh, I listened to the book on Audible, and 
And as I listened to it, I was like, oh my goodness, he's like pretty much everything that he's saying on there is the exact same as the way my budget's set up. He was just using different words. Um, up until uh, the, well, I should say all the basics of of the you need a budget system is pretty much the same basis that my system is based off of. But then the implementation at the end, which is where mine is actually the most powerful, uh, is something that you need a budget doesn't actually do. So, so if it sounds familiar from the you need a budget system, it's because we basically came to the same conclusions independently, which I usually see as a good sign. Uh, if two people discover the the um, the same concept around the same time, then it it uh, seems to be more likely that it's a good concept. So anyway. Um, when I when when I do my budget system and my time management system, the big key for me is I don't really enjoy um, uh, like sitting down planning. You know, like for time management, a lot of people will say, "Well, the key to time management is to sit down every day and plan out your day, write everything down in a schedule," and that that does work really well. But the problem is, I I couldn't ever get myself to get in the habit of doing it. And so I was like, okay, well, I can either just force myself to do this until it finally becomes a habit, which is um, a good way to do it, or I can see if there's a different way I can do it so that I don't have to sit there and do it every day. And so, uh, so it was like, what? So I thought to myself, what are the, what's the actual information that that goes into creating a time management system, or in the case of what we're talking about today, a budget. And really what you're doing is you're just trying to decide where you're going to spend your time or your money. And and deciding that is usually just based on your priorities, what things are most important to you and which things have you committed to already doing. And so that's really what it comes down to. So the commitments are really easy to figure out because you just write down all the things that you've committed. You know, so those would be like your bills and uh, recurring expenses, subscriptions, things like that. But then when it comes to your discretionary income or what time you have left over, when you've got this huge list of all these different things that you want to um, that you want to purchase, it makes it a little bit difficult to wade through that big long list and and decide okay which things are actually most important and that's kind of how it works in the you need a budget system is with with your leftover money you just look at all your different funding goals and you put money into whichever categories you want to fund and then you can use that to spend uh, to spend that money but that's the hard part for me okay i've got two hundred dollars where am i going to put it i've got a hundred different things that i want to buy how do i decide which ones I should do quickly and easily. And so that's that's the problem that I'm trying to tackle in my budget, which I, I don't think any of the other budgets really focus on much because they figure that's the easy part, deciding where to spend your money. And I'm like, well, not necessarily because what if I am like, oh, here's a new computer for 200 bucks. I'll just buy that. And then I realize, oh, maybe I actually wanted something else more, but it's it's too late. So anyway, so that's the, so the, the key issue is how do you prioritize all of your uh, discretionary income without having to sit there and one by one go through them all. So 
the way that, let's see, I'm trying to think if I should talk about that first or, well, yeah, I'll go ahead. So, so the thing that makes my budget system different is with your discretionary income, um, you, so let's see, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. So I have a, I have a spreadsheet that runs this, but it can, you can run it. Uh, I could eventually, I want to build an app, but for now it's just a, a spreadsheet style app. So in, in one cell, you you type in how much money you have left over, or when you run my system, it actually just automatically puts in how much money you have left over after paying all your bills and stuff. And then, um, and then it'll give you three options. And those are three things that you have put on your list of things you want to spend money on. And so you just pick one of the things and then it puts, it sets aside $1 towards whatever item you picked. And then it gives you three more items and then you just pick another one and three more items and pick another. And so, so when there's only three items, it's very easy for you to quickly be like, okay, this one's more important. This is the one I want to spend money on. But I have in the background a um, an algorithm that I developed that allows every time you pick one of the items, it can prioritize it. And so all your different budget items are starting to be prioritized in which ones are most important to you. And as they are being prioritized, the things that have higher priorities will come up more often to be selected. So hopefully that kind of makes sense. But but the basic idea is it starts, it, not only are you funding these different items, but it's using your input to automatically prioritize all of your spending items. And then the things with higher priorities will come up more often because those are the things that you want to be funding. And and it also makes it kind of fun because then you you have... Uh, you have like these three options and you get to pick one and then it brings you three more and you can just see your, the different amounts growing in your different categories. And so it, it makes it kind of enjoyable instead of a chore. So the way I have it set up with me and my wife is, is it will randomly pick one of us and then send us an email and say, okay, you can, you can um, pick something on the budget list. And then after you pick something, it'll then randomly pick one of us again. And if it's the same person, then we get to pick again. And you just keep picking until it's the other person's turn. And or until you run out of we run out of money. And I have it set up so that it keeps track of both my priorities and my wife's priorities. And then it adds them together to be able to figure out what the most important things are to both of us. And so that that works out really well because <clears throat> then like throughout the throughout the month uh, every every day or every few hours depending on how often we want to do it we can just get on there and pick a few things and then and then take a break for a while and and that's been a really nice feature because um because sometimes you know one day i think that something's more important but then the next day i don't really think it's as important. And so where I'm, we're just doing a little bit every day, it makes it so that depending on, you know, your mood on different days, you might, uh, you might uh, make different decisions. 
And so you don't make any rash decisions being like, oh, I really want this right now. And then go out and, and buy something that you'll end up regretting. Okay, so so that's kind of the overview of, of what makes mine different. And so let me back up and explain exactly how it will work. So first, I got to define a couple things. So when we talk about our expenses, there's I've categorized them in a few different ways. So you've got your recurring expenses. And so those are just any expenses that happen on a regular basis that you're committed to pay. And so that would be things like rent, utilities, things like <clears throat> groceries, gas, and uh, you know any other bills that you might have. So those are recurring expenses because they happen um, on a regular basis. And you've already decided like we're gonna we're gonna pay this. It's not really an optional thing. You know it might be it might be theoretically optional, but but it, unless things are really tight, you're going to pay all of those things. So those are your recurring expenses. And then you've got your reserve expenses. And so um, let's see, I was just trying to think of what they call it on, on the you need a budget system. Um, I think they're called like real expenses or something like that in you need a budget. But the, the idea of the reserve is those are things that, that you know you're going to have to pay certain expenses, but you're not sure how much or when they're going to come up. So those will be things like medical expenses, things like car repairs. Um, I can't think of any other off the top of my head, but, <clears throat> but you know that you're going to have to, you know, do some repairs on your car, but you're not sure exactly when those repairs are going to happen or, or how much it's going to be. And so those are reserve expenses. And then we have our discretionary expenses, and so that's basically everything else that doesn't fit in those two categories. Those are things that we just get to decide on on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay, so the way that I have my budget set up is, let's see, I'll go through the steps. So the first step is you you find out how much income you have for the for whatever period you're, you're doing. Um, my my new budget system, you can you can um, do it as often as you want. You can do it daily if you want, or you can do it weekly. Or you can do it monthly. So you, you get your income for whatever period you are looking at. Um, let's just assume monthly for for this example. So you calculate how much income you got for the month. Then um, you take 10% to give to charity. And that's just a suggestion. Obviously, you don't have to. But uh, most people that are successful with their money uh, give away 10% of it. So something to think about. But if you aren't interested in that, then skip that part. And then 10% you set aside for investing. And that's <clears throat> Again, another concept uh, I think popularized in the in the book The Richest Man in Babylon, which if you haven't read that book, you should definitely read it or listen to it uh, because it it uh, teaches really good lessons about how to manage your money. And when one of the main features of the book is that you should always pay yourself first, 
In other words, take 10% and give it to yourself to use for investing. And so that 10% investing fund will go and be set aside so that when you find opportunities to make investments, you can have money to spend. And if you lose it, you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be upset about losing it because you set it aside specifically for that. And, and that's something we can probably get into in the future, but I think that's, that's one of the big keys for, um, for being successful with money is, uh, finding is, is learning how to invest in assets that will give you uh, passive income or increase in value over time. And, and the best way to do that is to practice. And so you set aside that 10% for investing so that you can, you can practice making mistakes and, and learning from your investing mistakes so that you can eventually, um, you can eventually increase your, uh, your investment profits. Okay. So 10% for investing. And then, so now you've got 80% left over. And so you take the 80% of your income and you fund all of your recurring items. So all of the items that are your recurring expenses, you find out how much is it per month for each of those items. If it's a yearly thing, then you just take the amount and divide it by 12 and you set aside one twelfth of that. That way each month you set aside one twelfth, And then when the when the expense comes up, then you can spend it. You have the money set aside for it. Um, if it's uh, if it's every month, then you just set aside that amount, and and so on. So then, after you've you've set aside everything for your recurring items, you take ten percent of what is left over from that, and you you uh, put it into your reserve expenses. So let me back up and maybe let's do a, uh, let's do a number example. So let's say that your income for the month is $1,000 to make math really easy. So you would take 10% for charity. That's a hundred dollars and then 10% for investing another hundred dollars. So now you've got $800 left over. So now you fund all of your recurring items. And when you're done with that, you have, hundred dollars left over. So let's, that's assuming that your recurring items total up to $700 a month. So now we, so now you have a hundred dollars left. So you take 10% of what's left over. So that would be $10 and you fund your different reserve items. And so in my budget, it automatically does all of these steps for you, but it will take your 10%, which in this case is $10 and it will put, um, it'll, it'll fund each one of your reserve items uh, proportionally so that they're all increasing at the same rate. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but but anyway, it doesn't really matter because if you if you uh, really care to know what the math is, then you can ask me. But uh, but the idea is you just sort your money. Your your ten dollars for your reserve, you just put it into your various reserve items. Okay, so now the rest of it goes to your discretionary income. So in this case, that's ninety dollars. So now you have an extra ninety dollars to spend on on all of your other discretionary items, and so that will go on the on the spreadsheet in a spot. And now every time every every day um, for the month. 
let's see, if you have $90, so divide by, let's say it's 30 days, so that would be um, $3 a day. So you'd have $3 a day that you can sort into your different um, discretionary income areas. And so now, as, as you're sorting through your different discretionary income items and funding them, if any of them get funded enough for you to spend them, then you can go ahead and buy whatever thing it is that you bought. So that's pretty much it. So if you if you use my budget spreadsheet, then um, then all you have to do is type in your income and then hit a button and it'll just automatically do the rest for you. Uh, assuming that you've already put in your your recurring items and your reserve items. And, and then it'll just tell you how much you have to, for your discretionary income. But that's the concept behind it. So the other side of your budget system, besides putting in your income, is you need to be able to track your expenses. And this is the part that's always been the, the thing that slows a lot of people down. Because it, it makes it, it's kind of, it's, it's like the one part that you can't automate too much because uh, at the end of the day, you have to look at your expenses and, and realize what you've spent money on. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to change what you're spending your money on because you're not tracking it. You can only, you can only change the things that you're tracking. What's that phrase? You can only... Yeah, I can't remember. You measure what matters. Yeah. Anyway, but you have to track it to be able to know. Okay, so how do we track our expenses? So so I have the way I have it set up is I have all my accounts connected to mint.com and then they just pull in all of the transaction data and then I just go and and look, and on my budget sheet, I have a spot where you type in what date range you want to look at for your expenses. So if we're going to do a month, then we'd say, you know, from February 1st to February 29th, uh, if it's a leap year. And then you and then you click on the link, and it'll take you to Mint, and it'll show you all the transactions from that time period. And Mint has a feature where you can just export it. And so you go down to the bottom, and you click the export. And then you import it into the spreadsheet, and then it'll it'll just show all your transactions right there. And then you just have to go and and us and uh, what's the word? Uh, categorize each one of those transactions. So you go down your list and decide, okay, what what expense was this that matches my budget? So if it's your uh, mortgage payment, then you go you click on the uh, or you type in next to the item that it's the mortgage payment. And I have like a drop, there's a drop down list so that you can, you can select it from your drop down list of all your different, uh, all your different expenses. And then if you see one for groceries, then you click groceries. And then you see one for fast foods, so you click fast food and you just go down your list and categorize each item and any items that don't match your, that don't match anything on your budget. Um, I'm trying to think of an example real quick. Uh, let's say that you went to a restaurant and you don't have a restaurant expense category because I can't think of any other better examples. 
So, and this might happen at the beginning when you're first setting your budget up. So you look at that and you say, okay, this doesn't match any of my current expense categories. So you have to decide, do you want to make it a category in the future? Or is this like a one-time purchase? If it's a one-time purchase, then you just type on there that it was a one-time purchase or, or that it's, um, that it's not categorized. And I'll talk about what happens to that later. And then if you do want to, if you're like, yeah, I better add this for the future, then you just decide, okay, what kind of expense is it? Is it a recurring expense or is it a reserve expense or is it a discretionary expense? Now, if it's restaurants, that could probably either be um, discretionary is, is my first thought, but potentially you could put it in recurring. If like you've decided I want to go out to eat at restaurants, you know, once a week, um, every month, pretty much all the time, then you could put it in your recurring and just have it automatically take it out. But if you put it in discretionary, then you can just have the chance to compare it to other um, things. And uh, when you're sorting your discretionary income. So, so yeah, so you pick which category it goes in and then you can just go and add it to to whichever list it is. And then let's see, I guess that actually covers it. So you do that for each item and make sure that it has a category or that you've said that it doesn't belong in any categories because it's a one-time thing and you don't want to add to add it to your budget. And then you simply run the, the program and it'll just subtract out um, subtract those expenses out from each of your little savings pools that you've saved for each one of those items. So all the recurring expenses, uh, they, if you remember when we funded them, when we got our income, we funded all those items. And so when you, when you record your expenses, it'll just subtract from that funding amount that you already have saved up. And for any of your discretionary income, it'll subtract from whatever you've saved up so far. And, and then, of course, reserve, it just subtracts from your reserve. So now, if you've gone over budget on any of these items, then what will happen is it will... Um, this is actually the one part that I haven't thought of a good way to do it for uh, for a single person. Because I have it designed for uh, for couples, for kind of this game, for like a game theory type of system. But but I don't know. But anyway, so what what happens is it just subtracts that from uh, from your uh, from your income, from your discretionary income. It just subtracts it out of that. Now, if you are doing this as a couple. Well, let me back up for a second. So when it subtracts it from your discretionary income, that just means you're going to have less to sort out for the things that you want. So the idea is you you want to go over budget as little as possible. And so when I designed this, I wanted to add in kind of a feature that would help discourage you going over budget. And so the way that, that I have it set up for couples is whenever you go over budget on something, it'll when you when you run the program, it'll actually pop up a dialog box and ask who went over budget on this item. 
and then you can click on which one of you or both of you uh, decided to go over budget on that item. So if I went and bought something that wasn't on the budget, then it's gonna when it asks about it, I'll say, okay, that was me. And then what happens is my, um, oh, I probably should have explained some other things before I went into this. This might get confusing. <sighs> Sorry, I'm really bad at explaining these type of things. Let me just think for a second the best way to go about it. Um, so it'll, it'll put, well, let's just say this for now. So it'll keep track of who went over budget on which items. So let's say I went over budget on with $20. Then when it's all done, um, we'll, we'll come back to those $20 in a second. So if we back way up, when you're picking which items you want to fund in your discretionary income categories, when I said at the beginning that it randomly picks between me or my wife, but it's actually not quite random because you, because it is, uh, it's weighted. And so we each have a score and the score starts out even, we'll say like a hundred points for each of us. And, and those points represent um, theoretical dollars that we can sort. So every time we click on an item, our score goes down by one. So that as we're sorting, whoever picks the items, their score goes down by one. So now if you go over budget on something, it takes your score down by however much you went over budget, but then it doubles it. Because if it just went down normal, then you may as well just go over budget on on everything because it it uh, is equal an equal uh, outcome for you and so so I went over budget twenty dollars on that item and so it subtracts forty points from my score so now when we go to to sort our discretionary income my wife is gonna be able to pick more things than I am so basically whenever you go over budget on something it's giving the other person uh, more like double the money to sort on things that they want. And so that's kind of the game theory idea in there. So it's like, if something, if you want to buy something that's not on the budget, you still can, but you just have to realize that if you do, it's going to cost you double your points. And so you want to try and avoid that. And so that's where I haven't been able to think of a good way. You know, if you're just doing it as a single person, um, a good way to encourage you to not go over budget because if you go over budget, the worst that happens is it just subtracts from your discretionary income, which means that you don't get to sort for other things that you want, which I think is a, it's a, you know, it's something that it does discourage it some because it's kind of nice seeing all that money that you get to sort for things that you want, especially when you start seeing things building up and you, you start kind of getting excited, like, Oh, I'm building up for this thing or that thing. And so then if you go over budget and it's like, well, now we have to get rid of this money and you can't spend it. You can't sort it on these things. <clears throat> then it does kind of have a little bit of an emotional hit. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But, um, but I don't know if that's, that's enough or if I should try and come up with a, a different one. But if anyone out there has any ideas, let me know. But so far, the uh, 
for me and my wife and my parents have tried it out too. And it works really well uh, in both of ours. Cause it's like, oh, I don't want to go over budget because then it, because then you get more of a chance to, to sort things than I do. And so it's kind of, and, and it doesn't really matter that much, but it's kind of like a fun little game. Like we try and see who can stay in the budget best. So at the end, like if I go over budget more than my wife and she's like, hi, ah, you went over budget more than me, I get more points. And so it's kind of like, it kind of turns it into a little bit of a game and it, and it's kind of fun, which is especially good for people that, that don't enjoy thinking about budgeting all the time. For me, I really enjoy keeping track of money and, and like the idea of budgeting is just kind of fun for me by itself. But for most people, it's not very exciting, especially when it's, when it, when you, when the idea is you can't just buy whatever you want. Most people just want to be able to buy whatever they want. And so having that little game part of it, uh, is I think really useful for, uh, for people that, that aren't just naturally, uh, naturally excited by budgets, which is probably most people, but, but yeah, so, so far it's, it's been really good using that. Um, so let's see, I think I covered all of it. Um, I'm sure that I've been kind of confusing at, at some points. And so if you do have any questions, then, um, in the show notes, there's a link to a form that you can ask me a question on, or there's another link that you can, um, you can leave me a voice message if you want. And, uh, and you can, um, you can ask me for clarification on, on anything that I was confusing on. Cause since I'm just sitting here talking to a microphone, I don't have someone to give me feedback on whether or not whatever I said makes sense or if I accidentally misspoke or something. So yeah, if anything's confusing, just let me know. And, uh, but let me just look over and make sure I didn't miss anything that I can think of at this point. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. So, so just to kind of finish up, I wanted to talk about how it's been working so far. So we've been using it, this new system. Let's see. We started in like October, I think with this new system. So it's been about six months or so. And, and so far it's been, it's been really, actually, no, we've been using it longer than that. Huh. It's probably been more than a year now that I think about it. I just had an update recently. And so I was thinking that that's when we started, but actually we've been using it for, for quite a while. Well, anyway, um, as far as the outcome from it, when I was using the other, my original budget, which I already talked about how, how poorly that one worked, even though I really liked the idea of it, it, uh, the actual implementation didn't work. And the, the fruits of that was that even though my income was going up a little bit, I, we got further and further into debt. And I'm happy to say that now since using this budget, we are almost out of debt. Uh, we just have a loan on a vehicle, which 
ideally I wouldn't like to get a loan on a vehicle, but that's a topic for another day. Why we ended up doing that anyway, even though I'm kind of a cash car guy. Um, but, but we've got that. And then just a, a little bit more on our credit cards and we'll be, we'll have our debt all paid off. And so, so that's been really nice. The other thing that is that the feedback I've gotten from my wife and also my parents who've been testing it out for me, um, is, is how simple it is to be able to quickly see where you at, where you are at in your financial situation. So a lot of budgets, like you get down at the end of the day and it's like, okay, so how exactly are we doing? And, you know, you might be able to be like, well, we've got this much more, that much less or whatever, but, but it's not quite as tangible, I don't think. So with mine, after you run the system, it'll show you right there at the top, this is how much money you have left over. And so if, you know, if month to month you're used to having, you know, $100 left over and then one month all of a sudden you only have $50 left over, you're going to be like, whoa, what, what happened? We don't have as much left over. Plus, like I said, you kind of get that emotional sting like, oh man, I wish I had more money to, to divvy out to things. And, and that I think is the most important thing. Cause if you can get that emotional attachment to it, you can, uh, it makes it a lot easier to actually make, make the right decisions when the time comes. And, and so being able to just get a really quick and easy, okay, look, I've got this much left over. So we're doing pretty good or wow, we don't have much left over at all. We better cut some expenses. And that's kind of what happened with me and my wife when we first started is after I typed in everything that we, like all of our recurring expenses and I put in um, all of that, suddenly I realized that month to month we were, we were losing like a hundred dollars every month. And that wasn't even, and that was without even including, um, without even including uh, our discretionary items. So basically just with our recurring expenses, we were out of money and going in the hole. So it's like, well, no wonder we're going into debt. Not only do we not have enough to pay off our recurring expenses, we're, we don't have any for discretionary things, and yet we're still buying discretionary things. So everything we buy puts us further into debt. And and so when we could see that, then it was like, whoa, okay, we need to figure something out. So then it was really easy to look at our our different expenses and say, okay, do we really need this? Do we really need that? And then we're able to cut a few things and then... Um, and then I can, I can work a little bit more to get a little bit extra money, things like that. And so now it, uh, now that we've caught up to where we have, you know, like an extra hundred or $200 every month, instead of going negative a hundred dollars every month, it, um, it, uh, it helped us to be able to make that good decision. And so now we're on the right track. So and that's, I think, the most important thing is to just be able to help you to not get behind and to do it so simply and in an enjoyable way that you're actually going to keep doing it. Because it's great to have a really powerful budget, but if you can't do it every single day, every single week, every single month, then then it doesn't matter how good it is because you're just not going to use it. So, so far, this one has really good staying power. Uh, we've we've uh, stuck with it for a while and we enjoy, we enjoy doing it. So, so anyway, I guess that's kind of my, uh, um, that's the, 
the outcome so far we've had from it. It's still uh, fairly, especially my new update, it's pretty new. And so there's potentially a few bugs here and there that I have to watch really closely. Um, and it's not super user friendly, though it's not too bad. Like I, I was pretty happy the other day because my my uh, parents ran through and did the whole budget themselves without me helping them for the first time. And they didn't have any issues. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Because usually it's not very user friendly. So they end up doing it. They they end up missing something and then it messes something up. And then there's glitches and I have to go fix it. But this time they were able to figure it out themselves and not have any issues. And part of that's because I updated it to make it a lot simpler recently. But anyway, so, um, so as soon as it gets a little bit more... Uh, stable, I guess, then I'm, I'm going to start trying to, uh, to market it and to sell it to people that are interested in, in having it. But, but if anyone that's listening wants to, to help me test it out, um, then, then let me know and I can get you set up for it. And, and that would be helpful so that I can have people testing it to see how well it it does with more more diverse sets of people. So so yeah, that's about it. Leave me a comment, leave me any suggestions or feedback you want. This is going to be I should say the episode number at the beginning. Let's see what episode number is this? Um episode 16. Wow, done 16 episodes already. Uh, so, but still pretty new. And uh, hopefully the quality is getting a little bit better. But uh, but yeah, I'm still new at this. So if you have any suggestions or comments for me, let me know. And maybe I'll actually, I'm thinking when I hit 20, I'm going to actually start uh, sharing it uh, with more people and trying to actually get real listeners since right now I don't think we I really have any listeners but but that's okay because I just like talking regardless of whether anyone's listening or not but if you find anything helpful then let me know so I can know what things are the more helpful if you're or if you um, have some things that you're interested in hearing about uh, send me a message and I've probably at least researched it a little bit at some point in time that's kind of my passion is researching pretty much everything I can find. So, so if you have any suggestions for things to talk about as well, let me know. Okay. I think I'll end there. So with that, this has been another episode of the solve my world podcast, helping us to solve the problems in our personal lives, as well as talking about how we could potentially solve the problems in the world. And we will talk to you guys next time.